It's the state of Victorian trots racing and the people who drive the sport. You're one out, one back. Yes, welcome to the latest edition of One Out, One Back for Harness Racing Victoria. Andrew Q's in the RSN studio. Let's cross straight to the HRV studios and uh, Michael Howard, Cody Winnell there. How are you both? Hello, boys. Coates, how are you? Good. Looking forward to getting all the news and views. Mick, from yourself? Yeah, well, look, there's plenty to discuss, of course. We've just, we'll say fresh. I'm not sure how fresh we actually are, but we're just fresh off the Vic Bread Super Series. It was an enormous Friday night and Saturday night, and of course, last night's Silvers as well. So um, th- there's been some, some fantastic racing. The there Vic has. Bread, I've got to say, I think the Vic Bread might be, as much as I love Summer of Glory when we're talking Hunter Cups, Great Southern Star, the Vic Bread is just the pure racing I think I enjoy the most of the season. Yeah, I love the storylines all the way through. Um, no doubt about that. It's uh, it's just different, isn't it? There's something about it. Blake Redden, I think he said how bloody good's Vic Bread, how good's uh, VWS19, and, and it summed it up well. He said that early in the piece with during those heats. Of course, that's what makes this series pretty special for mine. You're following the same pool of horses all the way through. As a punter, uh, I think it's terrific because you get such a good idea of just where these horses are at as they move through. You can see which horses Mick might be getting a little bit tired as the series progresses. You can see which ones, such as your Jelly Hammer, are improving as we go along. Yeah, absolutely. And you also see a real blend of, of grassroots racing, and you sort of see a lot of different stables pop up and things on those lines. But it's also absolutely elite level, which we see, of course, with the Stewart stable winning so many, winning five of the six extraordinary performances mm. to win five of the six Group 1s, the second successive year they've done that. And so it's, it's a real blend, and particularly, I suppose, in the trot. This is where we see more and more stables represented. We see unlikely stories get up and wing. You like to Joe Vasalo with Ian Pegasus mm. and... Um, a few of those who, who I guess they're just having the absolute moment of their lives having been in the sport for 30 plus years and here's their chance to have a crack at the group one mm. they're wrapped to be in a final and then to go on and win is extraordinary the Vasalo family and the story of Iron Pegasus is a ripper that's my favourite one probably uh, Mick if you would ask me from a uh, pure theatre point of view apart from the Emma Stewart domination um, the look on the faces of that family winning with Iron Pegasus they finally found their, uh, their stable champion and they bred it as well uh, what a fantastic uh, story that was. Extraordinary story, and in part because just the way that it came to be. So first of all, their mare initially died in foaling, and so they didn't get to use their Pegasus Spur uh, stallion certificate mm. or whatever it was. And so instead they leased a horse, which had a very poor record in Ginger Gem, another mare. I think it only had one winner from its previous six foals, and that horse only won once. Yeah, they, they used up the Pegasus Spur with Ginger Gem and it produced Iron Pegasus and it's had this extraordinary start to its career. It's still actually only, obviously only a two-year-old. But it also came at the same time that they had a really tough year losing um, their mother, Joe and Sam, lost their mother. So Actually, it was a three-year-old, of course, because mm. that was during Oaks Night. So it's just an extraordinary story. It's so great to see and they... They're going to have a horse for uh, a really good horse for a long time to come. Yeah, absolutely. And the way she won, she is such an exciting horse and uh, just dashing along out in front. She was thoroughly dominant. So um, let's just go through the winners quickly, Mick, before we sort of delve. In fact, we should talk Emma Stewart firstly. You mentioned five Group 1s this year, five Group 1s, as you said last year. That's 10 Vic Bread uh, Group 1s in two years. She had three in 2017, three in 2016, one in 2015. You've got to go back to 2014 for the last time that Emma Stewart didn't train a Vic Bread Super Series Group 1 winner. Uh, and the winners this year, uh, sorry, Mick. And piled on top of that, she had 16 of yep. the 18 place getters. 
extraordinary in, in this in the six pacing. It's incredible. And we'll hear from Emma Stewart soon. Um, but first, just these winners: Mick your Jelly Hammer for Mick Stanley won the two-year-old paces. Majita, uh, Tam Major, Pistol Abbey, Out to Play, and Kualoa were the winners for Emma Stewart in the pacing divisions. Over in the Trotters divisions, we had Jackson Me win for Russell Jack Powder Keg. Get up for Lisa Miles. That was terrific. Kai Valley Cleachy uh, and Kai Valley Finn. Two Kai Valley horses, Kai Valley Finn breaking through. G had been so close uh, before. We've talked about Iron Pegasus and Moonlight Dream. <clears throat> excuse me, Moonlight Dream for Kate and Andy Gath winning the four-year-old. Yep, there was a lot, lot to enjoy. I might just touch on a couple of the Stuart ones. Out to play was really interesting. So this is sort of part of what I love about Vic Breddich. You might see a horse pop up and who's been a bit immature in previous years. It's now the three-year-old. It was fantastic. It. it fired down the sprint lane to win its semi-final. The question was, can it do it again in the final? Will Hurricane Harley just leave? Well, it made us all look silly because it paid about 7 bucks and did exactly the same thing it did in the semi. Didn't make Blake Redden look silly. He tipped it at 150, and I think he, he did. Had it, it tipped it again at 7s for at, the final. And it was fantastic, I and think. it looks like a, a real genuine racehorse. It probably hit the line in about 26 seconds for that last quarter. That means it's got a big future, and it's still very green, so we're going to see some really good things from out to play. The other one I wouldn't mind mentioning is Tam Major. Super drive by Chris Alford. I talked to him pre that race. Look, there was a lot of support for Rack'em Up Tiger Pile. We know it's a super horse. We saw that, of course, in the Ballarat Cup. But uh, Chris Alford, he was thinking my chance of winning is to get to the front before Rack'em Up Tiger Pie can, but he didn't think he could do it. The little gap opened, he took it, and he got there first, and he won the race, and Tam Major is a very good horse. You're in good company, Mick, because you kind of suggested that might end up, I remember you saying pre-race, that that's uh, similar. You, you, you're seeing this before it happens. Well, it doesn't happen very often, Coach, but uh, that's the good thing about Big Bread, isn't it? You get to just sort of taste it up and soak it all up, and you get to start to have a real good feel of it. 100%. The Alabar VSS 19 cocktail party was also held Saturday night. That was a ripper event. We had uh, a good crowd in the room, I think over 300 people RSVPing. Lots in attendance. It was uh, a cracking atmosphere, Mick, uh, and uh, a real mix, a real cross-section. You had a lot of owners, breeders, uh, sort of family members, new people to the game. I'm pretty sure Alec Ball was, was even wandering around up there. Alec Ball. Apparently, yeah. He, and he got the three votes too. Fantastic. Just quietly. How good is that? Well, On this, radio. It, okay. It's a really good thing, isn't it? That um, we're, we're sort of seeing a little bit of a transition in some ways to some of the race night entertainment that can be offered at Melton. Often it's been a sit-down dinner in the past. We're starting to see we saw a Chelton Cup night, of course. Mm. A really good atmosphere. Everyone sort of kicks up the heels and has a bit of fun. And fun being the priority, as well as enjoying the racing and having the punt and all those sorts of things. And it's a, a bit of a transition, which I'm enjoying. I think it's still... Um, I don't know if scientists necessarily agree that sitting down all the time to eat meals is good for the digestion. I think actually standing up is not a bad thing. Well, it's more fun. It is. It is. Um, what we should do is we should throw to Emma Stewart. There was a cracking interview um, with Matt Stewart, uh, no relation to Emma, uh, on RSN earlier this week, and it was a great, uh, a great one-hour conversation with Emma and Clayton, and they delved into all facets of their training uh, success, and we might just hear a snippet of that now from Emma Stewart. Well, like most trainers, we're just sort of driven, you know, to train the horse and you go to the races and you eat what you can. But I remember it was actually Sydney derby time and we'd got back and, you know, all we'd done is work and work and work. And it got to a point where we said, like, this is enough. You know, we've sort of got to get out of this rut and sort of look after ourselves because, you know, we've got Willow now and she's four and she's getting more active. So um, Clayton's good friend Jared's a personal trainer, so he took us on and... I will say Clayton's a bit more dedicated than me. He goes about four times a week. Well, he had to be because he's, he's lost something like 42 kilos. And he's done a terrific job because, I don't know, he doesn't eat any chocolate or anything and I sneak a little bit. But um, it's just really down to healthy eating and, um, and going to the gym like two to four times a week. Are you training better? Is your mind clearer? 
Yeah, definitely. I, I feel mentally better um, because I, I'm sure, you know, when you're physically sort of run down, you're mentally sort of drained as well. I, I definitely think um, by eating cleaner and... Uh, and living sort of a lot more healthy, you sort of you mentally feel better. Oh, geez, to their rivals, look out, they're going to get better. <laughs> and I yeah. think, I don't know if the horses have been speared and all of this. I think they've realised <laughs> that's the they... other thing. What, yes, exactly. You sort of realise that there's a limit that you can go to, but if you really want to push it, the limit sort of gets a little bit higher. So you can sort of push things to a bit more of an extreme now, and I think that's definitely helped us with the horses. Yeah, we were talking about off-air, weren't we, Dan? Like, the, you've pushed yourselves through personal ceilings that you, you thought, you know, you couldn't push through, and you've, you've sort of applied this strategy to the giving, finding the horse, you know, giving them an extra challenge. Yeah, definitely. When uh, I know when we first started off, you, you think, you know, things aren't possible, but uh, until you so really put yourself in that situation and realise it is possible, uh, I'm sure sometimes when you've got different horses and that and uh, they need a little bit extra, you sort of... You're, you're happy to push them that bit further. Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin. Of course, the other voice you heard there was the voice of the Trots, Dan Malecki. Cracking interview. Make sure you go to the trots.com.au to listen to that uh, podcast. Uh, we also should hear from a couple of the VWS 19 winners. Firstly, Michael Stanley, who trained long shot your jelly hammer to a memorable win. Just need a bit of luck there. This horse, he doesn't have point to point speed, but the, the harder they go, the better he is, and, and the race has just run beautifully for him. And now we might hear from Kate Gath, who had success on Trotter's Night aboard Moonlight Dream. She's been busting to win a Vic Brad or a Breeders' Cup. She's been so close in the past two years. So I'm so happy for the owners and so happy that, you know, she could finally um, get one, which, um, which she thoroughly deserves. Fantastic. And uh, we just should wrap up the VWS 19 before we go into the first interview, Mick, with uh, the silver races last night. And we saw uh, a very popular winner with Manhands winning uh, the Seinfeld reference. Fantastic stuff. I love those horses for the Coelie stable. Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's some uh, super Seinfeld references going around, aren't there? So that was impressive, Codes. You managed to get a few good tweets out there with a few <laughs> gifts I did see, which is always... She had Manhands. Always a win as well. But uh, yeah, no, it was some good racing. And good to see the likes of, say, even a treasure who we all knew was really good. I was surprised that went around at the dollar eighty because I think it would have been close to favourite in the final, but there was some good value and some good punting last night. It's RSN 927's one out, one back. And the first of our guests on the program, Cody and Michael, is uh, Ian Johnson. He's there now. Yeah, g'day, Ian. Thank you very much for joining us. Of course, your family's been involved in one of the really good Vic Bread Super Series sto- uh, stories this year. You must have been wrapped. Oh, yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, uh, amazing. Um, yeah, the Saturday night just gone. It, uh, we have all, all our family there, my grandchildren, mum and dad, who have been involved for, you know, 50 years in harness racing and, you know, you know to actually be there and have a your bread and own a, a Group 1 winner is a, just an amazing night. Yeah, and the whole family was there uh, to watch Majida uh, succeed. It was terrific scenes and uh, a fantastic win, overcoming such an extreme draw. Did you go in with uh, a fair level of confidence? Look, uh, after the semi-finals, um, we were really excited um, the way she's performing and the way she has been performing. Um, had a bit of a downturn when we were eagerly searching to see where the draw was, and we drew 13. Um, there's a bit of a damn on proceedings, but as the week proceeded, uh, you know, confidence was still there. We believe that she was a she's a very good filly, and she's probably good enough to overcome the the draw. And 
I guess that makes the winning all the more exciting, doesn't it? So just for those listening in to understand the situation, you owned and bred Majita, and you did it with, um, was it two brothers and your father, Les? Yeah, so, so um, my dad and mum and, and my two other brothers, Gary and Stephen, Les and Rhonda, uh, yeah, we, we, we bred the filly. Um, we actually presented her at the yearling sales, and this is probably what made it all sweeter, um, she was pretty friendless at the yearling sales. We uh, we didn't get a, a lot of money offered for her. Subsequently, we we took her home, um, and then the stories unfolded there. So it's uh, probably from you know at a sales. If you we are breeders to sell horses, and the disappointment of that to, to go you know nearly past twelve months to where we are now, it's a it's an amazing ride. Ian, what about the association with Emma and Clayton? And uh, obviously, they do a sensational job. We've talked about their dominance. Talk us through your association with the stable. Yeah, look, we were so lucky. We 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 kept another silly uh, uh, that went around the free roll two times better. And um, so we asked Emma and Clayton if they'd take her, and um, they kindly did, and done an amazing job. And um, so when Majida. Um, was coming forward. We went to the pre-trains, Ian and Tanya Ward, because um, she she was she wasn't gated that well as a young horse, so we had to leave her. You know, we just didn't want to rush her, but um, she's proceeded there. And, and with Clayton and Emma, I I think I, I heard a little bit of the interview yesterday. It's which amazing what they do. It's no fluke to staff. I think that you know, like all trains, the professionalism, but. Um, they go to an extra extra level, and it, they won for nothing. And then they're able to perform on the big stage. So, uh, yeah, very happy. And it must be really exciting because Majida, I guess, has just proven herself the the top of her class, especially that she's overcome that uh, outside the back row draw to to win the Vic Bread Super Series. We've got breathers crown their head. You must have a lot to really look forward to when we're only still just talking about her two year old season. Well, we are actually super excited because, as I said, we are. Breeders in general, so to have one that's homegrown and you know that you you sort of you, you know as you as you're breeding and you hope that they have success uh, sort of validates because you, you have doubts about that and this sort of validates what you're doing as or what you believe in it is 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 correct uh, and the breeders crown to come up look you know there'll be another tough hurdle but. Um, like any owner, we're very proud of her and we wouldn't swap her um, for anyone. So we'll, we'll just see how, how this journey takes us and how far it will take us. Which is a $2.50 shot codes for the Breeders' Crown with tab.com.au. That's favourite, ahead of Amazing Dream $4 and $4.50 for Amelia Rose. And uh, that seems about right. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to see how she progresses as we move towards the Breeders' Crown. Ian, and, Ian one final one before we let you go. You mentioned... Uh, the breeding side of things, is this something that you would encourage others who might be thinking about getting into the game? I mean, I saw how excited all you guys were there on Saturday night. Would you encourage them to uh, to have a crack? Oh, for sure. And certainly, we do as a family base. We we, we love the sport. It's probably something that um, when we get at the farm, it's the first thing we talk about and the last thing we talk about. But uh, we've been, you know, last night, the Saturday night was special. There's no doubt in that. But, but the people involved in the industry, it's a fantastic industry. We've had um, been overwhelmed with, uh, um, you know, the people ringing up to congratulate us and, and wishing passport their best wishes. So it's been that's been amazing. And I think that's what is a, 
a part of it. I'm a big thing. I see now that people are starting to syndicate and do syndications. You know, for a small investment, you can be a part, and it's like you can be a part of a dream that you know they do come true. Like like for our family, so I would encourage everyone to be a part of it. Absolutely, that's where the future lies. I reckon in the syndication, uh, that's for sure. Hey, Ian, congratulations to you and all the family, and good luck going forward with Majida. No worries. Look, thank you, guys. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Fantastic. Ian Johnson joining us there. Mick, and as you say, I think it's going to be an exciting season for that filly. The big question is, can they push on from the Vic Bread into the Breeders' Crown? We do see it time and again. Horses are capable of doing that. Uh, will Majida be able to uh, to do it? I think the fact that she overcomes such a tough draw at the weekend proves that she's got a little bit on this lot at this stage. Yeah, we know she's got that standing ability. I guess there's always the question that it is a long season, or it can become a long season for some two-year-olds, and I guess the proof will be in the pudding. Look, it's not far away, Breeders' Crown. I think August, oh, August 4 or 5 is of the first of the heats as they start to kick off and roll on towards that fantastic uh, Saturday night where we just um, mm. lap it all up at uh, Tabcorp Park, Melton. So can't wait to get a part of it. And, but, uh, yeah, certainly I expect Majida will be at the pointy end. Tab markets are all open too. We should say tab.com.au. They're all in markets, the futures there. So go and check that out for the Breeders' Crown. Be happy, Mac. I think open $9, Mick, into $3.50, they yeah. tell me. No, you whacked that one in pretty quickly from what I understand, Coes, which is, uh, you got much to be happy about that. That is a very good horse. It was a super win um, up at Menangle last time out. So, uh, you know, but I still think uh, it's obviously going to be interesting to see which horses can keep coming up, as we've talked about with the Vic Bread. It'll be the same from the Breeders' Challenge on. And the key to the Breeders' Crown, of course, is what Kiwis are going to come over as well and challenge some of our best. So that's, uh, we see a few Kiwis, of course, up in Queensland at the moment. Will they come down? Will we see a few more come across from uh, across the Tasman to, to take on? That's the, the key about Breeders' Crown. It's not just the best of Victoria. It's actually a lot of the best of Australasia, which is why we really enjoy it. It's the, it's the big grand final of the season. Absolutely. Can't wait. Well, we're just uh, trying to get Courtney Slater on the line, guys. So we're just getting voicemail. We might uh, see if we can get David Brick in a moment. So uh, just uh, maybe talk about uh, Queensland just briefly before we get David on the line. Yeah, absolutely, Queensland. Uh, this is where the spotlight turns this weekend, Mick. Uh, the Queensland Carnival uh, getting into full swing there with, the, uh, of course, the Sunshine Sprint now worth $100,000. I love what they're being able to build up there with this carnival. Yeah, absolutely. It's always something to look forward to, isn't it? And it comes at a good time because there is a certainly a place in the uh, calendar for, for Queensland to take the spotlight at this time. No, no doubt uh, the participants enjoy getting up and racing in 22-degree weather, which Ooh, we haven't absolutely. seen a hell of a lot of, to be honest. Beetling day. through the traffic Nothing. this morning, I, and I tell you what, I was uh, it, there were traffic jams plenty. I was stuck behind like a Beverly Hillbillies car at one stage with everything stuck to the roof, but uh, freezing cold mornings Staring combined with traffic. Frosty windows. Bring on Queensland, I reckon, that's for sure. I believe we do have actually Courtney Slater on the line now, so we might talk about Queensland more shortly, but let's talk uh, good time heaven for now. Courtney, welcome to One Out, One Back. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. Uh, let's talk good time heaven. Really brave Sydney campaign that this uh, this uh, mayor's just had. Yeah, look, yeah, it was. Um, we were pretty happy with everything, how it all panned out, um, considering we only had a couple of before the campaign, but yes, yeah, well, we couldn't have not been happy. When you reflect back on it, I guess you yeah, won the semi-final against the same horse that pipped you in the final, and it was just a matter of circumstance, I guess, as to who had to do the bulk of the work in some ways, but you could still walk away really confident that you've got a very good horse who's performing very well. Yeah, look, that's for sure. Um, you know, like, it was a brave um, it was a brave win in a semi, and, um, you know, well, you couldn't not be happy. I mean... You know, she kept trying right to the end of the line and, and the horse that beat her, you know, obviously, you know, just had the soft run and, and just pipped her on the post. 
Courtney, tell us about the long spell. Had about 12 or 13 months off before the Sydney campaign. Was there an injury issue there? I mean, she's won 11 out of 16. She's obviously very, very, very smart. Um, yeah, so we had a little hiccup uh, along our journey. Uh, obviously, last year we had the success up there at the Challenge and um, we sort of gave her a couple of days off. We were still in an angle and we decided to push on. Her work was good and we decided to push on to the Oaks and um, we ended up staying for an extra 10 days and then we took off uh, to Queensland, obviously, a couple of days before. And, um, yeah, everything was Mickey Mouse uh, Friday night. You know, she was jumping out of her skin and all were excited and... Um, yeah, walked out to the stables the next morning and, um, yeah, she was lame. And uh, we thought it was a good access at first. And basically from there, we had to scratch her, which was really disappointing. Um, uh, we brought her back to our vet, um, Tom Russell in Bendigo, and we just sort of thought better cover basis if we had a stress, you know, stress fracture or, you know, a bone tip or something like that. And it turned out that um, we didn't find out initially, but uh, we did find out later on she... Um, ended up being bitten by a white tail and she's formed oh, a big, oh, well. um, yeah, big abscess in a suspensory in the hind leg. And um, so it was a bit touch and go for a while and, and, and we were lucky enough that the abscess busted out. So there was no initial to the suspensory itself that had just damaged a few fibres. Um, so, so figure, you know, we are probably lucky to even have a back. Um, mm. So, yeah, look, it's been a long campaign, but, it, it, you know, in her rehab... Um, and getting to where we went in Sydney, but you know, back and back probably racing better than she was last year. So, you know, that's something. See these big, powerful athletes, and you can do all the work, can't you? But you never quite know what's around the corner and what's going to sneak up on you. Well, we're having a chat, of course, because uh, she's going into the Allied Express, Jane Allen, the Group 3 at Tabcourt Park, Melton, on this Saturday night, which looks like another progression for her. This is, in a lot of ways, a step up to the big time and, I guess, to that open-age class to take on the likes of Tell Me Tales and Berisari. How excited are you to see how she stretches herself against that quality? Yeah, well, look, it is a step up in class, and... Um you know, it's going to have to happen, obviously, with the new rating system that's come in and the Tonkin Stewart camp, they are flying at the moment. And, um, yeah, it'll just be nice. She's going to obviously have to head into mayor's races, so I suppose we can't hide her anymore. And, um, yeah, it's probably um, a big opportunity for us to put her out there and see where she sort of sits. Fantastic. Well, good luck, Courtney. It's been a terrific job for you to get this mare back and uh, I hope she's got uh, plenty of wins in store. I'm sure she does. Yeah, thank you very much. Terrific. Courtney Slater there joining us on One Out, One Back, talking about good time heaven. Uh, just a, nothing worse than white tails, Mick. I cannot stand them. Check the shoes every morning. It's one of my habits there. Just uh, can't help it. Yeah, look, not a big Red fan. Red as well. Not a big fan, but they're, they're around. I, look, I haven't had an experience, a negative experience with them where I've actually Nor been. Nor have I, to be honest. Something. So it hasn't, I still don't like them. The day that comes, maybe my... Uh, Blase attitude will change. Yeah, you're a bit nicer towards those little critters like, you know, ants and stuff, aren't you, than I am? I do like to remove them rather than kill them, yeah. (laughs) They've got uh, no mercy at all for me. Uh, We're going to get David Brick on the line shortly. We're going to preview Queensland. I think Bricky's there now, actually. G'day, Bricky. Welcome to One Out, One Back. Morning, Cody. Nice to hear your voice. Fantastic, mate. Good to chat again. Gee, it's exciting time up your neck of the woods at the moment, mate. Yeah, no, very good. Looking forward to this uh, Saturday night, uh, the three group ones this week, and then obviously the big uh, finale with Blacks of Fake Night the following uh, following week. But uh, looking forward to it. Uh, in contrast to last Saturday, the weather's looking good, so we've got a big crowd on course, uh, plus, uh, plus the racing action. 
Fantastic, Brick. Well, give us a bit of a snapshot for Victorian Trots fans down uh, down south. What can they expect to see on Saturday night, and what should they really be looking forward to enjoying? Uh, good morning, Mick. Yeah, look, uh, obviously this week we've got the three group ones this coming Saturday night, so headlined by the uh, the Oaks, um, which will uh, see our Princess Tiffany go round um, for the Mark Hurden All-Star team. Um, Kylie Rasmussen in the bike there, Bricky. Yeah, unfortunately, Mark's been struck down with an eye infection, so um, hopefully, hopefully we'll see him back in action the following week. But yeah, Kylie, I don't think certainly doesn't lose anything. She's been in uh, very good form, and uh, so I think she piloted uh, has piloted a number of the All Star teams over the last couple of weeks. So certainly, uh, certainly a comparable, uh, a comparable uh, replacement. Absolutely, and, and we uh, should we should talk too, Bricky. Sorry to jump in, but another horse yeah. in that race, Semi Pearly Whites, I noticed making the trek north for Tim Mortlock after a Mirabara yeah, win. Yeah, no, we saw that and noticed it during the week that uh, he was in on Tuesday and then uh, one, I think the, uh, sorry, in, in on Monday and won that day and was, was heading up, up the road. So it's good to have some Victorians, um, some country Victoria up here for the, for the race and draw nicely in three. So um, hopefully gets every chance from there. And similarly, Lochinvara, the course in the South East Derby, one of our best from down in Victoria for, for Laura Crossland and David Moran had a hat. I had a real heartbreaker in the Breeders' Challenge, of course, when it uh, just couldn't get a run at them until oh, very late. But absolutely. Um, right in the market. In fact, I think it might be favourite for your derby. Yeah, no, it sure is. And as you said, certainly been unlucky throughout the season. But, um, but you know, he's been in everything. So I, I think um, uh, certainly be a... a, a uh, a worthy winner of this week, but uh, a bigger, bigger fish to fry in the derby the following week. But uh, no, he's, he's drawn well, but um, obviously the All-Stars have uh, Jesse Duke and self-assured in the race as well, and there's a few Queenslanders um, in the race as well. We've obviously got the Redcliffe uh, derby winner, Make Way, who's going for the uh, Grand Slam and take out $15,000 extra if he's able to win uh, next week's derby um, as well. So no, it looks like a, a really good field, and potentially could be added to that our Princess Tiffany in, in next week's derby. So it should be a strong race then, but uh, Saturday night would be good as well. And, of course, to wrap it up, Ricky, we've got the 2019 Garrard's Sunshine Sprint with Colt 31, the favourite, and the Pride's Easy Feed Queensland Trotters Cup as well. Majestic Courtney, a horse that I've always had a lot of time for in that race. Yeah, certainly the uh, local hope at Colt 31. Uh, probably been a while since we've had a, a real top liner um, that can take on the Grand Circuit, so Colt 31 gets his chance Saturday night, no doubt from uh, from gate two, $1.65 currently with Tab, and um, yeah, certainly Queensland will be cheering him on, but uh, there's certainly some stiff opposition in the race, uh, none other than Alan Kassam, who was a place getting in the Inter, so that'll be, uh, uh, won't be a uh, cakewalk for him, but uh, I think if he can get to the fence, um, he'll be hard to catch. Um, and then, as you said, the, the uh, Group 1 Trotters Cup, first time we've had that up in Queensland, and, uh, yeah, as you said, Majestic Courtney been uh, campaigning up here for the butts for a number of weeks. Uh, and uh, he'll be taking on the likes of Tough Monarch and um, our local hope. And, and I guess Champion Trotter, who's been going around for years up here over and over, who, who won last week. So that'll be a, a good race. We also have, uh, I guess, a former ex-Victorian and the boss man, who we all know fairly well, um, having his first start up here for Kelly Dawson. So that should be a, a ripping race as well to uh, to round out uh, night one from a group from the group one point of view. Love your work, Bricky. Congratulations on all the preparation for the carnival up there. And where can punders go? Give us a shout for the uh, which website can they check out to uh, get all the action and uh, and stay up with the news. Well, I'd certainly go to harness.org or to uh, to uh, Racing Queensland website, and um, either that or uh, head to the tab.com.au for all the markets. Fantastic! All the very best with it, Bricky. No problem. Thanks, gents.
Thanks for joining us. David Brick there, uh, previewing, Mick, what will be an absolutely sensational carnival up north. And that pretty much takes us to the uh, the very back end of uh, One Out, One Back. Anything else you wanted to throw in before we uh, we fire off into the into the sunset? The only other thing I've mentioned is there's another good Victorian interest in the South East Derby, and that's self-assured. Owned, this is a Mark Purden, Natalie Rasmussen runner, but owned mm. in Victoria by Yarambat, uh, by Jean Fee. So she's also got some really good horses, and she's got a fantastic story, which I need to actually give her a buzz and tell. But uh, self-assured is another Victorian interest, a really talented horse. It's got a picket fence next to its name and will take some beating. So there's a lot of real interest from down south in what's happening up north. Fantastic. If you've missed anything on the program today, make sure you check out the RSN and the Trots channels later on, where the podcast will go but until next week guys thanks for your time want to hear one out one back again head to itunes our facebook page and the podcast page at rsn.net.au